Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with scientist, entrepreneur, professor, speaker, and published author, Dr. Caroline Crocker. Dr. Crocker is married to one of Trinity's beloved upper school science teachers, the other Dr. Crocker. She holds a bachelor's degree in microbiology and virology, a master's degree in medical microbiology, and a doctorate in immunopharmacology. She is currently teaching as a professor at Northern Virginia Community College. Today, she is going to share with us what makes her so passionate about the natural world, what it can reveal to us about God, and the intersection between science and faith. Dr. Crocker, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Feeling a little winded after that very long intro, very impressive intro. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on in your life right now, both personal and in your career? Do you know, I am at the period of life which is just awesome because I can do what I want. That sounds amazing. Um, And so I spend my time with grandchildren. I have eight in the area, which is wonderful. I teach as much as I want to, uh, but not more than I want to at uh, at Nova. And there I teach microbiology right now. Um, Sometimes they have me teach other things, but it's micro right now. And I also write books, which I very much enjoy. I just got back from a trip to the Netherlands where we were videoing my 87-year-old mother as she was in the places um, that are mentioned in a book that we wrote about her life growing up during World War II Wow! as a half-German child in an occupied country, Mm. um, which brings a lot of interesting twists to it. So all your books aren't science books necessarily? No, they're not. No, no. I've also written a series of books about my dog. Um, (laughs) And those are really fun. Those are picture books for children. And they are Christian books, but not outright. So that it leaves it to the parents to be able to use to be able to use the book to bring those lessons to their kids that they want to bring. And the first one mm. is just about to come out, um, and it's about Clemmy gets a family and about how love helps us overcome fear. Wow, a good lesson for everyone, not just kids. I would yeah, think. Yeah, and then in my spare time, I all um, your spare time <laughs> in my spare time, I play the piano and garden and just. I have fun. That's what I do. Sounds like you do so many cool things. Now, you're not only a scientist, but also a Christian. And there are so many questions I want to ask about that. Um, But I don't know if maybe you could start with um, maybe just sharing part of your testimony, how you came to know the Lord, and then maybe um, how that has or maybe hasn't influenced um, your field and the sciences. I, um, I did not grow up in a family that went to church regularly. Okay. And so I, you know, th- there are people who tell me they are cradle Methodists or cradle whatevers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a cradle pagan because <laughs> I did not know Jesus um, mm. until I was 18. And I went to um, the university in England and there was a pastor there who um, gave a series of sermons on the Ten Commandments. Mm. And uh, every week he covered a different commandment. And every week he said, you can't do this. Wow. And that's why Jesus died. Wow. And it was mind-blowing to me because that was the first time I'd heard something that made sense. 
Mm. You know, in my life, I had tried to keep the rules. I had tried to be good, and I had not succeeded. And what I understood of religion is you need to keep the rules. You need to be good. Um, I couldn't do it. So mm. I was a failure in that. And I finally heard someone say, you're not expected to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, that's why Jesus came. And so after, I think it was four weeks of listening to him, I um, I was standing by a, a stream on my way back from university, and uh, I, or the, I'm from the church at the university, and on one side of the stream, there was a live tree, and on the other side of the stream, there was a dead tree. Mm. The, the dead tree was um, on the side of the stream that went towards home, mm. and the live tree was on the side of the stream that went back to church. Mm. And from that, I kind of subconsciously perhaps realized that um, that in Christ there was life. Mm. Um, and, you know, at that time in my life, I, there was a lot of things I was struggling with. Probably that's normal when you're 18, you know. It's not <laughs> an easy time of life. No, it's not. <laughs> and I was very worried that if I was to take on one more thing, I would just lose it, that mm. I would not be able to cope with anything else in my life. But I decided that I would take on Jesus, and if I lost it, it was his fault. <laughs> um, and what I found was, oh, things got a whole lot better. Because um, you, because he took you on, right? Because he, he carries on. us. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that joy that comes from knowing him just inhabited me. And it doesn't mean that life has been easy. It hasn't. Life is not easy for anyone. But I've always had him with me. Mm. And that helps. Oh, yeah. Makes big a big difference. <laughs> big time. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about some projects that you've gotten to work on in your career that could give us who aren't so science-minded a better understanding of the kind of things you do, like immunopharmacology, for instance, or <laughs> microbiology? Right. Now, immunopharmacology just means the effect of drugs on allergies. It, is, it sounds great. Microbiology is the study of the little things, the things you can't see. The micro. Um, the micro right. stuff. Um, I've actually enjoyed all my uh, all my research jobs, all my jobs actually, but the research jobs are, are what I um, think are probably most relevant. Um, the first one was working at Oxford University, looking for the cause of multiple sclerosis. Wow. Um, my boss at the time thought it was caused by a virus, so I spent my time looking for a virus that might be causing multiple sclerosis, and I found a lot of things that don't cause it. Well, that's good. Process of um, elimination. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, But just recently, apparently people have figured out what causes it. Um, they thought it was an autoimmune disorder, but now it looks like it's caused by a virus that pretty much the majority of us get when we're little. Mm. And um, But there are some people who don't get it till they're an adult, and then it can trigger their immune system to cause that disorder, multiple sclerosis. So oh I thought goodness. that was super interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's, it's great for science nerds. And uh, I also did research in asthma and allergies, which was really fun because um, I had a background in microbiology, and then I discovered the immune system. And I thought microbes were complicated, but our immune system is amazing and fantastic. Wow. Um, our immune system can respond to um, great big things comparatively like parasites and tiny, tiny things that can't even be seen with a light microscope like viruses, and mm. then things in the middle like bacteria. And it can respond to them all differently, 
Wow. And that to me is just astounding. And that was why I actually then decided to do a doctorate in immunology, because I thought this is so complicated, I will never understand it. Therefore, I want to study it. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's you so know. interesting, too, I think, in light of recent events with COVID and everything, yes. even people like myself, who I've said, not necessarily so science-minded, um, have become more interested, personally invested in things like our immune systems, right? Yeah. What can I do to boost my immune system? How can I make sure I'm not getting sick? So I think something like that, that seems maybe really niche, has become less niche now for people. Yes, yes. And I've actually published a lot of things on my blog trying to make the immunology and the virology understandable to Mm. the average person, Um, you know, trying not to use all the code words like immunopharmacology, (laughs) leaving those out, and uh, so that people understand and maybe some of the fear can be removed. Because I have noticed a lot of people are very frightened. And when you don't understand something, that can happen. Um, yeah, totally. So that's that's in the uh, link that you that you will be linking to. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> definitely read the episode description because we will be linking to some very interesting um, videos and blog posts that Dr. Crocker has um, put up on her personal blog. So definitely check that out. Um, good reminder. So obviously you have a very impressive resume. Can you give us a little bit of background in terms of what made you interested in science to begin with? Is it something you've always been interested since you were a little girl or how did you sort of stumble into that field? Do you know, I've always been interested in science and when I've had these aptitude tests, biology always comes top Hmm. and math does not. So I married a mathematician to make up for my (laughs) deficiencies. Um, But... uh, I did not want to be a scientist because I figured scientists were, you know, unattractive. They wore glasses. They had their hair in buns. And I didn't want to go down that road. (laughs) Um, But it happened because that's actually what I'm most interested in. Um, I wanted at first I thought I'd like to be a physician. um, But I come from the generation when women were told you can't be a physician unless you um, give up being married and having children. Mm. And um, I knew a lot of cute guys. So I thought, mm, maybe that's not an option. <laughs> uh, then when I began to do research, um, folks said, oh, you should do an MD, PhD, which is both a physician and a researcher. Um, but at the time, I had three children at home. And I also had two foster kids. Wow, there was no time. Right. And so I opted just to do the doctorate. Um, and then I realized, actually, I'm not really into yucky smells, and maybe being a physician isn't the best idea. So <laughs> I feel like I am doing what God wants me to do. <laughs> yes. Well, it sounds like it. It sounds like you're in just the right field. And I can tell even just when you talk about science and specifically biology and microbiology, you really, not only are you fascinated by it, but you have the ability to make people like me fascinated by it. Just from looking at your blog, I became very interested in that. So can you tell us a little bit about what is your favorite thing about studying biology and maybe particularly microbiology? Do you know, I really, um, the thing that got me most interested in biology was viruses. And the reason is because they're not alive. Mm. Um, If we think about the the characteristics that we would ascribe to something that's alive, we would say, well, life responds. Life um, life takes in energy. Life breathes. We know something's alive if it breathes. A life reproduces. 
Viruses don't do any of that. If you had a virus sitting in front of you on the table, it would sit there and do nothing. Um, they can't do any of that stuff. What they are is they are um, uh, coats, kind of, that inside them have a computer program made of DNA or RNA, but we don't need to know that. It's just a computer program uh, that somehow convinces a cell to take it in and then it hijacks the cell, and the cell does all those life things. Mm. So the cell makes more virus. The cell um, does the eating and the pooping. Well, not pooping, but you know, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm a grandmother, so I say those words. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> that's right. It's just the way it is. It's biology. And, um, it's biology, right. And, uh, you know, that's so the cell does all those life characteristics. So you could kind of say that viruses are alive when they're inside a cell, but when they're not, they're not life. Mm. So what are they? Right. Maybe the undead. I don't think so. But it really, it got me very interested, which is why I did my, um, my bachelor's degree in microbiology and virology. Because mm. viruses, I thought, like COVID, are just fascinating. How do they work? Right. How, where did they come from? We don't know. Um, mm. Super interesting. Um, now, in biology, not microbiology, I'm interested in cells. Because our cells are like mm, walled cities that mm. inside them have factories and processing plants and recycling plants. And they have a um, government building that has encyclopedias of information on how every one of those plants has to be run. They wow. have railway tracks. They have roads um, or the, the cellular equivalent of that. But even more remarkable than our cities with cells, everything runs without a person at the switch. Uh, they just, it all happens automatically. Yeah, I'm definitely not thinking about it. <laughs> and how does that work? It, it's so amazing. And, yeah. and so the more I've learned about cells, the more excited I've become about biology. Yeah, well, I would think that it would be exciting, especially not just as a scientist, but as a Christian, because as you're observing these things in the natural world, you're also getting a glimpse of who God is, right? God's eternal power and his divine nature are clearly seen in the things he made. Mm. And when I look at cells, I see um, how he enjoys order instead of chaos. Mm. When cells were first discovered, people thought they were little blobs of jelly. They're not. <laughs> They're highly ordered systems. Um, they are incredibly complex. You can go down as small as you like. I mean, atoms, you know, the atomic table of how they are organized, very, very um, ordered mm. and very complex. And um, so I see him, you know, in the information that is written in the ink of DNA. Mm. And, uh, you know, how does that information come about, but also the specificity of that information, how it codes for various things in the cell, how this, how the also, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they work together. And I mm. see that as well in the cell, in that all parts of the cell work together. Yeah. And, but they are specialized. And then you see in the, in our bodies, that the different cells are also specialized. Our liver cells don't do what our skin cells do, and our brain cells don't do what our heart cells do. Right. But they all have to work together to make one body. 
And then I see, oh my goodness, that happens in the family. Yes. Yeah. And then families work together in the church and the it body goes of Christ. on yeah. and how that's how God has created the world so that everything is interdependent mm. and ordered and complex. And that's something that just makes me praise God. And I have to be very careful when I'm lecturing not to go into praising God because people at Nova, every university, <laughs> they kind of frown on that. Sure. Probably, <laughs> are you allowed to do it at Trinity? Probably. but Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. But not so much at public schools. Yes, that's very yeah. true. By the same token, and po- possibly because of that, there is an understanding in the scientific community that Christians don't want to think. And maybe that they're not very clever. And that is such a shame because, do you know, being in touch with the God who made the universe and having him sort out our brains, if we allow him to do so, I think makes us more intelligent. It's bound to. And so it's so sad to have gained that reputation. Yes. Um, And, you know, I've also had issues at work with being a Christian because people assume that, oh, well, in that case, you're not very clever, you're not willing to think, you're not willing to research. You know, I, I've had someone say, well, you're not going to research um, because you're just going to say God did it, therefore you don't care. And I'm like, well, no, because I kind of want to know how he did it. You know, it <laughs> yes, it should motivate you, know, you more. That's yeah, right. You know, exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. But right. So there is that conflict. Um, There's a tension that exists between the two. There is a tension, yeah. even though there shouldn't be. Right. It is, I think, a real shame that, um, you know, Christians do tend to have that reputation sometimes amongst, you know, the scientific community, um, because even just in doing this podcast, I've talked to so many extremely intelligent Christians. I mean, Dr. Vanderpool, even students here, I've had the opportunity to interview and what they learn in their Christian studies classes and the things that they're talking about. They are just so advanced compared to what, where I was when I was in high school, um, not having gone to a, a Christian high school. But um, yeah, it really is a shame because there are some incredibly deep, intelligent thinkers, um, obviously, who are Christian. And there's no need to be afraid because we're safe in Jesus' hands and our faith rests on him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rest on science. Right. Um, you know, no matter what I discover in science research, if I was going to do more, which I'm not, I'm going to write children's books. But if I was, <laughs> no matter what I would um, discover, it wouldn't challenge my faith because it doesn't change the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Right. You know, it doesn't change that. Mm. It can't change that. That's so, you know, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus has changed my life. I am in the very safe and protected arena of being in the middle of God's love. Mm. And that's an amazing thing that all Christians have. They don't need to be scared. And I think even like it's conversely true that the more you look at the cell and study biology, the more it almost speaks of a creator in some ways. I I mean, I don't know much, but even just from watching the video uh, that you put out, it really reinforces this idea in my mind and in my heart. Wow. All that complexity, all that intricacy how could that have happened without a creator, right? Yeah. Well, I I agree. And the next video that I put out, which was on DNA, even more so, because mm. for me, I see that there is a lot of information in DNA. Um, in the video, I talk about that every one of our cells has the equivalent of about 100 encyclopedias. Of course, encyclopedias vary in size, so it's very imprecise, but of information in them. Yeah. 
Um, and that information is the code for all of us. Wow. And that to me is just mind blowing. And I don't see how that could have happened um, without a creator. I've never in my life seen information um, happening through an accident. Right. Um, you know, I, I think back to when my children were small and they used to play Scrabble. They might, they might still do it. But if I had come down the stairs and seen the Scrabble, um, Scrabble pieces all over the floor and it was just a mess, I might believe that was an accident. Mm-hmm. But if the Scrabble pieces were arranged into a very simple sentence, like, my brother is a jerk, <laughs> they could talk to me all day long about how many times they threw those Scrabble pieces down, and I wouldn't believe them. Mm. And that's just one sentence. Now, of course, we're told it's many, 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 many years, and I get that. But I just have trouble believing that there would be hundreds or a hundred encyclopedias happening by accident. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It really comes through. Yeah, once again, definitely go watch the video. I, I'm plugging it a lot, but it really, it blew my mind. And I know it will for you too. Um, what advice would you give to you know young Christians who are hoping to pursue a career in science? I would say do it. Um, do it. Make sure, you know, make sure your faith is grounded in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't be afraid to explore. You know, some professors, they're... Their goal is to shake your faith. Mm. That's okay, because then you can explore where's your faith grounded. Mm. Is your faith grounded in the Bible? Is it grounded in Jesus and the resurrection? Um, if it's grounded in the wrong place, well, good. Get it sorted out then. And um, also be aware that there are Christians around who are scientists who can help you through this. Um, you know, I think that's so important to, to realize there are people out there who can help you and who will help you. Yes, community. Um, so important. There's, there's community. There are, there are, like I said, scientists who are Christians. There are um, scientists who have all sorts of different views on evolution. But many of them are very good scientists. You know, no matter the fact that some of them are there, there are good scientists who are six-day creationists. There are people who are good scientists who would say, you know, evolution is true in every way, shape, and form. Um, and there are some that come in the middle. Mm-hmm. Talk to all of them. Why not? You know, you're free in Christ. You're safe in Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, ask them why they believe what they do. Be one of those why people. Just ask why, why, why. And, um, you know, I've I've had tremendous fun with folks from every kind of uh, background asking why. Um, why do you believe that? Mm. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing. You learn a lot that way. Well, I love that approach of, you know, open-mindedness and knowing where your faith stands, where it's rooted. And then that gives you this freedom to explore and to ask those why questions and, yeah, to ask other people their perspectives too. I think it's really important. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Crocker. This has truly been such an enlightening conversation for me, and I know it will be for our listeners too. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. If you enjoyed this conversation, leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. It helps us so much. For more information, visit us at tcsfairfax.org.